This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM is this soul to soul on a warm Friday afternoon here in Johannesburg. Welcome, welcome to our entire radio family. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for joining us on Erev Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Lech Lecha. We're moving on. Baruch Hashem, you already traversed the first kind of 2,000 years of, of history and we are carrying, we are carrying on. And we have the story of Avram, but before we can really understand the story of Avram, we need to take one step back to Noach, and I'll just share with you an idea from Rav Shlomo Kluger, and then we can uh, uh, connect that to this week's to this week's uh, uh, Pasha. Rav Shlomo Kluger asked the question that in last week's Pasha, when the Torah tells us about the marble, the Torah tells us some very, very, very minute details. Torah says, The marble was for 40 days on the earth. The water became numerous. Lifted up the Torah. was lifted up above, above the ground. It became very, very numerous. And the table went on the, on the water. And obviously the question is, there's so much dep- uh, uh, seeming repetition. Why does the Torah have to tell us that the Torah was elevated and went above the the uh, the earth and uh, and and kind of floated over over the uh, over the whole earth? So if some Kluger answers, there's a Gemara in Brochus that says that uh, Rav Kahana once accompanied Rav Simi Barashi from a place called Pumnara until the beautiful big palm trees of Bovel. And when they got there, so he asked him, so Rav Kana asked Rav Simi, says, tell me, is it true that which people say that these palm trees in Bovel have been here from the time of Adam Rishan until now? That was the question he, he uh, asked him. And uh, Rav Simi Ba'ashi answered, says, ah, You've reminded me of something that I heard from Yav Yosi Baba Chanina. Why? Rav Yosi Chanina says, how do you understand the Pasuk of, that says, Be'eretz asheloi ovar ba'ish, a land where no human being has passed, v'lo yashav adam sham, and no one has ever lived there. So the Gemara asks, I don't understand. Once no one has ever gone there, so obviously, no one has ever lived there. Why does the Torah, why does the Pesach have to say it twice? Says, so one says, it's telling us that Adam Arishan decided what lands across the globe were going to be inhabitable and what was going to be set aside for Yeshua for, for living and whatever he set aside for, for Yeshua for people to, uh, to live in, that land became, became settled. And any land that he didn't decree was going to be settled, was never, was never settled. So, uh, Shlomo Kluber carries on and says, well, that's very nice. Adam Orishan settled the whole world, and that would have worked very nicely until the time of the Mabul. But once HaKadosh Baruch decided to destroy the entire world in, in the Mabul, so then... All the, all the sort of, all bets are off. Uh, there's, there's no land anymore to, to, uh, to settle. So therefore, Shlomo Kluge's Machadish, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu took Noyach, 
together with the Teva and traversed the entire globe and all those places that uh, Adam had decided to be places where people would would uh, would would stay. So the Teva went there, and Noach in that place did Chesed with all the animals that he was in charge of, and that gave the place the potential to then be a land that after the marble was a place where people were going to were going to uh, live. And that's why the that's why the Torah tells us these things. The Torah was floating on the water, was going all over the world and 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 settling by by Noyach doing Chesed, settling all the places that uh, would become uh, uh, places of of uh, of settlement after the after the marble. And that's and that's Pshatna Posok Eretz Asheloi of our Bo Ish, in the land that any land that Ish Nayach is called the Ish Ish Tzadik Tamim, if he never went there, so then Lo Yoshav Adam Sham, no one ever lived there. If, if it wasn't designated or redesignated by Nayach, by him doing Chesed there as a place where people were going to live, it never was going to be a place where people would. Uh, would uh, would live. The uh, issue then becomes okay. We have one small problem, and that is the Gemara says that the flood never took place in Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael was not affected at all by the flood. So how was it then that Noach traveled with the Teva to Eretz Yisrael and established it as a place where people were going to were going to live? So the answer to that that question would be that in fact Noach couldn't. Noach couldn't do that. And therefore we come to this week's Pasha, Pasha's Lechlacha, and that's the Pasha of Avram Ovinu, Avram Ovinu traversed all of Eritasol, La Orko, Lorachbal, its length and its width, and he arrived at certain places and did chesed with people. And that, by him walking around and doing chesed for people in various places, that set up those places as being uh, 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 places of Yishuv, places where people would live. And where Avraham Avinu didn't go and do and do chesed, then those places never, never uh, 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 received Yishuv. But Avraham Avinu was only setting up dwelling places for his descendants, for for Klai Yisrael. Nayach was setting up for the whole for the whole world, right? But uh, not for the bnei, not for the bnei Nayach. Therefore, the brach of Eretz Yisrael, which is which is relevant and connected only when Am Yisrael is is living on it. But when Klai Yisrael were exiled and sent out of sent out of uh, Eretz Yisrael, so that that brach of Avmovinu. Uh, went away, and there's no place that is ha- habitable when Jews aren't there by by anyone, and it becomes a a desolate a desolate kind of a kind of a kind of land. So it's interesting, based on what what Jeff Solomon is saying, that a, a Noyach could establish dwelling places for the rest of the world by doing Chesed, but by doing Chesed with with animals. 
and that would make it a, a habitable place for for human for human beings. But when it's when it's Eretz Yisrael, so it's not enough. Avinu do chesed with animals. Avinu had to do chesed with other human human beings, uh, uh, and that gave it its chus to be kiyum. Because a place that doesn't have chesed being done, a place that's not uh, uh, built and and established on the the basis of of kindness and and sharing and and caring and interaction with other people is a land that has no ability to 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 remain and now we'll see next week regarding Sodom that Sodom lost its right to be existing in the world because it never it never did uh, it never did uh, chesed and for, for the goyim because there's a whole medrash that uh, that uh, talks about where Antoninus uh, the the Roman uh, prince came to Caesarin and asked for Rabbi Yudha Nasi to come join him. Rabbi Yudha Nasi came with his son Rav Shimon and his uh, and Rav Chia, his uh, his uh, Talmud, and Rav Shimon saw a beautiful legion of of of, of soldiers looking looking so uh, so you know, sort of spiffy and looking so nice, and he was quite uh, he was quite uh, impressed by them. So Rav Chia took him to the marketplace and showed him the meat stalls and uh, and uh, saw the flies flying around and said, no, that whole legion is worth nothing more than these flies. In other words, the whole purpose of of the non-Jewish world is to provide service, is to provide help, is to be the aides de camp for for the Jewish nation. That's their that's their role. That's really the same role as all of creation. And therefore for Noyach to establish a dwelling place for the rest of the world, yes he had to invest it with Chesed because a land without a, a Chesed in it cannot stand at all. But it was sufficient for him to to uh to do Chesed to to animals. Avmavinu was setting up a homeland for Klaliasel in Eretz Yisrael, that had to be by uh, by doing chesed to human to human uh, 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 beings. Now, just take it a step further. We learned last week and, and this week again about a man called Nimrod, about who Rashi says. The Bible called the name Nimrod because he wanted to get the entire world to rebel against. Hakadosh Baruch Hu by by building the tower of the of the door of the door of Flaga. and besides that he was Torah calls him Gibor Tzayid, which Rashi says that uh, that he was again he was trying to uh, trap people and trick people with his mouth and lead them to uh, to uh, this, to rebel against against the the, the Rebbeinu Shlom. Um, Right, and, and, and up to the point where where they, they used to say that uh, uh, he was doing evil with every single person. Yoda Spoira, he knew the Rabbi Shalom umiskaven limberbani. He intentionally uh, rebelled against him. So there was another person. The Torah tells us a man called Ashur, and Ashur was a person who decided to separate. From Nimrod, as the Torah says, Ashur left the place where where Nimrod was, and he went to a different place. He went to a place, 
and and he built the city of Ninveh and a whole lot of a whole lot of other of other cities. And the Torah says Ninveh Hira which is the big the big uh, city. And Rashi explains that when Ashur saw everyone in his generation listening to Nimrod and and deciding to build this tower, tower, he decided, I'm out of here. I don't want anything to do with them. And and he uh, he left he left them. And he says that's why Ninveh is called Ha'ir Hagidayla, and it's mentioned several. Several times, Nayach is, uh, and Yaina is told to go, Kum Lechel Ninveh, and even the very last Pasuk of Yaina, it again, it mentions the fact that it was, that it was, uh, the ear, the Irakadayla, Hashem says, Vanilai Echois, Al Ninveh how could I not have mercy on, uh, on this big city which is full of so many people and so many, uh, and so many, uh, animals? So the question is the fact that it's this big city. Why is that enough to to get it uh, 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 atonement? If they're so evil, then still, why should they have not have been destroyed? So it's uh, the Rebbeinu Shalom. The reason why Hakadosh Baruch Hu had mercy on Ninveh was, although they did so many avarus uh, for over hundreds and hundreds of of year, but the Rebbeinu Shalom still remembers. That Ninway was founded by Ashur, who ran away from from uh, from uh, uh, Nimrod, and how to show how important it is the the good intention that he have to separate from Nimrod, and Hakadosh never forgot that for all for all uh, all, all generations. Uh, so why was it that? Adam Arishan who ran away from, uh, sorry, that Avram Avinu who ran away from Nimrod merited to establish the Jewish nation, while Ashur who ran away from Nimrod was to establish the big city of, of Ninveh. So the, uh, the Medrash, the Medrash tells us that when Ashur ran away from Nimrod, so the Rabbani Shalom wanted to repay him. And he went to him. And it says, I'll give you a choice. Either you can be the progenitor of the chosen nation, but that's not easy, because it means you have to go down to Egypt and go through all the suffering and all the hardship of of uh, of Mitzrayim until you can manage to uh, merit to get to Matan Torah and then to Eretz Yisrael. Or if you want to live a life of peace and tranquility, you can become the progenitor of the Ira Gedela of the big city of, of Ninveh. And Ashur, right decision or wrong decision, he decided to pick the big, uh, the big city and have this beautiful land. And that became then his legacy while, while, uh, and, and he lost it for eternity, the ability to be the Armavino, and therefore Armavino became the one to, to, uh, be the progenitor of the Jewish nation. We'll come back and finish up in a moment, but let's do some business. This is Soul to Soul on 11.9 Chai FM, the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 11.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul on Friday afternoon. 
as we always do at this point, just to mention the uh, important details for this coming Shabbos Pashas. Lech Lecha, candle lighting this afternoon is no later than 5.58, two minutes before 6, 6 o'clock. And Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 6.49, 11 minutes before before 7, uh, 7 o'clock, a, a standard uh, beautiful Shabbos, normal Haftarah for, for, for the Pasha of this, uh, of this, uh, of this week. So, uh, we're learning about the, the decision, the calamitous decision perhaps, that Ashur made in uh, depriving himself of the ability to, to, uh, uh, to be the, the leader, the, 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 the one who would uh, cause the, uh, the bring about of the whole Jewish nation by choosing not but rather to choose the, the big city, to choose, to choose Ninveh, and in his chus, though, for choosing it, Ninveh later on was, uh, was, was, was saved. But the concept is that the creation of, of longevity, the creation of, of an, of a, of a place, even, to be able, to be able to stand and to be able to have the presence of the Shekhinah is for people to do chesed, for do acts that, that bring them close to to the Rebbeinu In fact, at the time of the uh, of the Churban, so it says that Nebuchadnezzar came and took everyone into into uh, Galut and took all the uh, amongst them all the uh, all the Chachamim. It says Viglos Kol Yushlaim took all of Yushlaim and the Gibor Echayel and the Chorish Namaskar, all of them in Chachamim, Loinisha Zulas Dalas Amoritz. The only people that were left were the most impoverished, were the people that had, that had, uh, nothing, and they were the ones who were left in Eretz Yisrael. They were the ones who were left basking in the, uh, in the, in the skin. The, the enemy had no, had no ability to, uh, to overcome and take them away and left them in, in Eretz Yisrael, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't want, those are his closest and dearest people, the people that are suffering, the people that are going through hard times, and look for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. in that situation, HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't want to separate them from Eretz Yisrael, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu put into Nebuchadnezzar's heart to, uh, to, uh, to leave them. These are the people that were the only ones left in, in Eretz HaKadosh, in Eretz HaKadosh that was established by by uh, by Al Avram Avinu, those are the ones Hashem wanted to stay to stay in uh, in uh, in Eretz Yisrael, and 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 uh, we find that that uh, these are the ones that Hashem loves most are the are the Dalim, the people that are that are down, not the people that ha- uh, uh, don't have any arrogance, any any pretensions about their own achievements, but they realize that everything, their very existence, depends completely on the on the. Uh, under Rabbanu Shlom, there's a story I saw last week about the uh, Lev Simcha, about the uh, about the uh, the Satan Rebbe who once received a uh, sorry uh, who once received a Gerev. Uh, sorry, I said Satan Rebbe uh, uh, who once received a a bottle of wine on Purim from a neighbor who was really a down and out person, and and he really wanted that. That the bottle of wine to be set aside and, and he would use it for kiddush. It didn't work out, but that's, he says, these are people that their chesed, their, their goodness is something that's so special. And I want to be, I, I want to, I want to use, uh, to use, uh, 
to use that. And that's the, uh, we see that so often that people who are, who are downtrodden and, 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 uh, and suffering, those are the ones who are the closest to HaKadosh Baruch Hu because they, they live, they, they, they survive because of the, the chesed and the investment that were done by the people that, uh, that invested and, and, and built that, uh, that, uh, that land. Um, uh, this, the Marami Rattenberg was asked if there's a, a, a person who's been the Shliach Tzibur and Nebuch, he's, uh, he's no longer well, he's no longer healthy. Is that, is that grounds then to remove him de facto from being the Shliach Tzibur? And the Marami Rattenberg said, on the contrary. That's the biggest reason why he, why he should remain. Because a person who's down and out and broken and, 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 Turns to Hakadosh Baruch Hu with that kind of broken heart. That's the one that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is most likely to uh, to uh, to listen to. Akor of Hashem the Nishbrei Leiv Hashem is so close to those who are to those who are uh, those who are are broken. Mori tells a famous story about Rav Chanina Mendoza who was who was suffering, who was uh, who had nothing to eat, and his wife said to him, "Surely you should dive into the Rabbanu Shlom and and uh, and and get something." And he davened and one says that Hashem sent down a a, a golden leg, and Avchanim Dos didn't want to accept it because she had a dream that showed that them that in the Olam Abba, all the other tzaddikim would have a table of three legs, and they would only have two. So he davened to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu uh, 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 took. Back and the Gemara says that was even a greater miracle that the that the Shemaim took took it uh, took it back. And uh, the, the obvious question is the Gemara says elsewhere about Chanina Mendoza that he the whole world was sustained because of him and he lived on on the one uh, one measure of carobs from one Shabbos to the next. So why did it suddenly bother him and his wife that they wanted to have so much so much uh, so much gashing? So the answer is that. Their pain wasn't a pain of that they were missing. They felt they were missing a uh, 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 panos, and they don't have what to what to eat. But they wanted to to fulfill the mitzvah of chesed, the mitzvah of orchim, and and to do that you need uh, you need money. And therefore, they came to the Taina, to to the robot, to 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 to. Uh, she came to her husband and said, "Davin, that we should be able to do this uh, to do this uh, mitzvah." But in Shemayim, they showed them no. That this is not your, this is not your role. Everyone has their particular role in the world and yours is not necessarily to have money and to be sort of entertained in the whole world. Your Avodah Hashem is a different thing, is to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu with a lame nishbar v'nirka, with this broken, with this broken, uh, with this broken, broken heart. And, and therefore maybe you can understand what the Ramban says that uh, Avram Avinu was perhaps wrong to go down to Mitzrayim when the hunger came. You should have stayed. In Eretz Yisrael and, and trusted in Hakadosh Baruch Hu because surely that would have been a tremendous, tremendous achos. Where even when he had nothing, he completely and totally relied, and it would it would have invested even more into into the land of a uh, of a uh, of Eretz Yisrael. So this is this is the concept that a land is 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 invested in and, and doesn't just exist by itself. But people have to be involved in acts of chesed and kindness to give a land, even a, an inanimate object like a land, as the chus of being able to to uh, to to carry to carry on. We were dealing last week with the laws of uh, doing work using work that was done by a by a non-Jew on uh, on Shabbos, 
And uh, we said that there are certain situations where it's for a mitzvah or where there's a great need that one is allowed to benefit from work bon- done by a, a non-Jew. Uh, in other words, to uh, either where there's a mitzvah or to... Uh, to uh, create a situation where a person is not going to have either tremendous pain or a tremendous loss. So there the Chachamim allowed us to even request from a guy to do melacha, provided that the melacha we're asking to do is a rabbinic uh, uh, melacha. And this is called a shvus, the shvus, a double, the rabbonon, the rabbonon, or that you're asking the goy to do is only rabbonon, and the fact that the goy himself is doing it for you on Shabbos is a, is a rabbonon, and in the case of a mitzvah, or a case of a tremendous loss, or a tremendous difficulty, chazal alata. We'll come back with our, our closing segment in a moment. This is Soul to Soul 101, uh, 101.9. Don't run away. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9, we're back and on the radio and we're talking about what a non-Jew can do for you for Shabbos. And it's very important to remember the, these two conditions. The only time one can ask a non-Jew to do work for you, even if it's for a mitzvah or to avoid some serious situation, is only A, where the work that is needed to be done is in itself only a, a rabbinic, a rabbinic, uh, pro, prohibition. And, uh, and number two, that the malacha itself is, uh, sorry, that it's only a, 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 a rabbonon, and it's only for, for, uh, for this kind of need. Uh, you could not ask a goy to do something that is forbidden from the Torah, even if you need it for, for a, uh, a, uh, a a a mitzvah. Um, there are certain mitzvahs. Uh, for instance, a tzorach mitzvah shall shall rob him, or something like that. Or some say for the mitzvah of uh, of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. There, Chazal even allowed us to ask a guy to do a a Torah forbidden uh, uh, malacha. And similarly, if we're talking about, uh, God forbid, a situation where there, a person is facing a sizable financial loss, so there again, uh, uh, Chazal uh, uh, permitted us to ask a guy to do even a malacha that is forbidden in the Torah, because Chazal was so worried that we care so much about our money, that if we wouldn't allow this, if we wouldn't be allowed to ask a guy to do it for us, so a person who is so panicked, the person is, is so, is so hepped up by his own loss that he might come himself to do and to go and do and break and break, uh, and break, uh, break Shabbos. And that's very, very important to, uh, to understand. I'll just give a couple of examples for this, uh, for this situation where, where it's permitted. For instance, one would be allowed to say to a, uh, a hingoy, because I'll bring this, if let's say you have a shoifer at Yuniv Rosh Hashanah, and it's stuck in a, uh, in a, in a tree, or, or something like, uh, like that, so then you're allowed to ask the guy to take it down so you can blow it on Rosh Hashanah, because the prohibition of using a tree on Shabbos is in itself only a rabbinic, a rabbinic gis, and therefore it's mutter for this great need of this mitzvah. Uh, if you don't have any wine, 
let's say for Kiddush, you can ask a non-Jew to bring wine for Kiddush, or if they know uh, Sidurim in Shul, you can ask the Goy to bring uh, uh, Sidurim. Uh, if he brings them by by traveling via a Carmelist, which is only a a rabbinically forbidden kind of public area to uh, to walk to walk, and then again, it's only a a, a rabbanon, and therefore it is it is permitted. Uh, same thing would be if, let's say, you need the guy to bring uh, uh, food stuff that is the sort of the staple, the main part of the meal. Again, if he's only going through a commonless, that is, uh, that is permitted. And those, those things that you would need to fulfill the mitzvah of Einik Shabbos, your cholent, your main, your main course, but obviously you can't ask a guy to bring something extra, some treats or something, your marshmallows, that you can't ask a guy to do, because that's not a major part of the meal, although some would argue perhaps it, uh, it is. Uh, similarly, you're allowed to ask a non-Jew to carry something which is muktza, in order to avoid a uh, a loss, for example, let's say uh, you could ask a a non-Jew, let's say someone some house some money dropped all over the floor, so you're allowed to ask the non-Jew to gather up the money so that it shouldn't uh, it shouldn't get lost or or uh, or stolen, even though it's muktzer. Uh, Right, uh, that's right. Or you can ask the non-Jew to bring sort of uh, things into the from from that are outside into the house. If let's say uh, it's about to rain and they would get ruined in in the rain, so you can <clears throat> you can ask the guy to bring them in in that uh, in that uh, situ uh, situation. Uh, right. If there's let's say uh, something, uh, you know noise going on so uh, uh let's say a, squ- a squeaking door that's stopping you from sw- uh, sleeping it's making such an irritating noise so you could even ask a, a non-jew to put sort of some oil to oil the hinges that it stops it stops uh, making noise because <clears throat> again that isser is only a rabbinic a rabbinic uh, isser because uh truth is because even without putting in oil you could still use the 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 door and that that that's why it's uh, permitted. Uh, or if let's say there are a lot of creepy, crawly, or flying things that are not letting you uh, to sleep, so you could ask an, a non-Jew to uh, to spray them and and to kill them because uh, as long as you are not killing them in order to use them, so then the iser is only a rabbinic a rabbinic uh, a rabbinic uh, iser. Um, and even something that is doubtful, is this a biblical prohibition or a rabbinic prohibition, you can ask a guy to do it if it's for a mitzvah or some other very, very important, important need. And as we said, the very instruction to a non-Jew is also in itself only a, a rabbinic, so it's, it's a Suffolk Rabbanon, and therefore we have the right to be, uh, to be lenient. Similarly, let's say the lights went out. In the shul or the base of medrash, so you can ask the guy to put them on uh, in an unusual way, because again, once you put it on in an unusual way, it's only an iser uh, an iser drabonon. If it's uh, if it's un- if he's unable to do it in an unusual way, so mamish, if it's a, a situation where you, you have no other choice, let's say uh, they're not going to be able to daven without that, then you could even ask him to to uh, 
put it on without without any kind of a of, of shinoin, and obviously it would be best then maybe to give him something to eat so that he's actually lighting it for his own benefit, and then it certainly makes it makes it easier. We'll carry on in this discussion Hashem, next week. In the meantime, our time is over, and it just leaves me a moment to wish you all a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos. Thank you so much for being part of our radio family, for tuning into the show, to this show, and to all the other uh, Chai FM Torah broadcast during the during the week it's completely and totally uh inspiring so have a wonderful shabbos stay warm stay dry stay uh, uh inspired and to each and every one of you a good shabbos